Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks, and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hi everyone, thanks for joining today. Before we get started on today's episode, I just have some housekeeping. So after this week, we will be moving to an every other week format during the summer months. So after today's episode, the next episode will come out in two weeks and so on over the course of the summer. After the summer is over, we'll move back to the once a week format. So I just wanted to give you the heads up. Okay, now on to today's episode. Today we have on Barbie Long, and Barbie is from McCook, Nebraska. Barbie has been doing intermittent fasting and has made changes to her diet, and she's been at this for quite some time. It's been over two and a half years, and I love this aspect of her story because it shows just how you can do this as a sustainable lifestyle. During the course of her health journey, Barbie has reversed her type 2 diabetes, she has also lost an incredible amount of weight. She started at around 395 pounds and has lost 175 pounds to date. She has also improved many of her other health markers. And in addition, and she'll speak quite a bit about this in the episode, she has greatly increased her level of physical activity and what she does now is just astounding. So I can't wait for you to hear that aspect of her story. Barbie is someone that brings a lot of emotion and heartfelt sincerity to what she's saying. So I think you'll really get a lot out of what she has to say. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Barbie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm nervous, but really excited to be here. I'm anxious to tell my story. It's been a long time coming, so... I can't wait to hear it. Before we get into your story, can you just give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yep, my name is Barbie Long. I am a registered nurse. I am the director of community healthcare and hospice. So I'm a home health and hospice director. I live in McCook, Nebraska. I've been in South, we live in Southwest Nebraska and we've been here for, I've been here my whole life basically. And I'm married to a wonderful man, Michael, and have two sons, Asher and Asa, and three Henri dogs. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. So maybe, I guess, take us back. I mean, it's up to you how you want to start. I don't know if you want to start with with your weight, what happened there, or you want to start with your diabetes diagnosis, or I don't, you, you tell me where the, a good starting point is. Okay. Well, maybe I'll just give you a little bit of background. I had mentioned a little bit before, but I have been heavy my whole life. I'm the youngest of five kids and I'm the heaviest of them all. My mom was overweight, but probably not. I mean, she wasn't over as much as I was, but, and that's why I always thought I'm like, could I have at least gotten like skinny legs or skinny arms? You know, my body shape was big everywhere. So from kindergarten on, I've been overweight my whole entire life. So, and I had dieted since the age of 12, I remember going to Weight Watchers with my mom and her friend. And, and then there was just a time period where I was like, you know, in high school, whatever, I didn't even care anymore, you know, and I was pretty successful 
I hate to say that as being an overweight kid, even though I was really like the only one that was overweight. Cause I come from a really small town, like a town of 500 people. And yeah, so, but I struggled with my weight my whole life. And I think that's why I tried to succeed in everything I did in school and everything in my life, because I was like, I had this one hindrance of being heavy and I just couldn't overcome that. So about in 2000, 2001, I had started going to Weight Watchers again. My husband and I wanted to have children and just was not successful. And so I had lost about 83 pounds then. And then lo and behold, I get pregnant. And so, and then I would, you know, bounce back and forth, back and forth. I knew what to do. I knew how to do it. And then I became a nurse later in life. So in 2009, I started nursing school and my weight just progressively, you know, stress and all that. But, and then in 2016, I lost my mom unexpectedly and we were best friends. I mean, I was very, very, very close to my mom. And that kind of put me into a little bit of a spiral with just comforting myself with food. Basically, I gained all my weight back. And I, through that though, I would like, you know, gain, lose, gain, lose. But basically from 2016 to 2019, I just kind of spiraled out of control. And for some, I knew I I could kind of get by with my lab work because I'd exercise too, even though I would. (laughs) you know, I have an addiction to sugar. I'm a sugar addict and I'll admit it. Yeah. Candy is my downfall. I love candy. And so, and I had, so I lost my mom in October of 2019. I started my new job in December of 2019 as a director of basically two businesses and the stress, you know, typical story you eat, I eat, I'm a food addict. So I ate to comfort myself. And we have a wellness program here at our hospital. So I was always part of that. I'd have my Fitbit. Oh, excuse me here. I have my, you know, had my Fitbit, my Apple watch, and, you know, would try to do my points through wellness. And then in 2019 with my employee labs, I knew, cause I had stopped exercising. I was back to being probably at my heaviest. And I knew I was like, I do not want to see these lab results. And that's pretty much what I needed to see because in 2019, my A1C came back at 7.0. So I was officially diagnosed. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. I think, what is it? 5.6 or 5. I can't, I can never remember. Yeah, around 5.5 is, yeah. they'll say pre, you know, and it, it really depends on your labs and stuff, their values that they go by. But when my A1C came back, at said, I knew in my head, I knew it was going to not be good. Yeah. Well, and you had, you were a nurse, so you knew like exactly mm-hmm. what you were doing to your body. You'd seen it in other people. So you knew, and mm-hmm. thanks for your honesty about food addiction and sugar addiction. Like, I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I think I definitely have a sugar addiction. So, which, you know, when you're diabetic, that's just not a good combination. So, you know, I, I appreciate you telling that aspect of your story too. That's, that's super helpful for everybody. Yeah. So well, that's just it. It's, you've got to be honest with yourself. It's just like with any addiction. It's like, you can't, do it until you admit it and you know you're in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah. So you you got that A1C of seven. This is 2019. And do you do you know what your weight was at that point or you just said I'm not gonna even I I didn't know exactly, but I knew because of where I'd been before. So I would say I I I'm pretty sure I was at the 390 range. Okay. I'm pretty sure because my highest known weight is 395. 
And so I'm pretty sure I might've been, I, I probably was right there 390 maybe, but I wouldn't weigh. That was a thing. I would not weigh and I would not let them weigh me at the doctor's office. I just would say no. Cause I didn't want to admit that to myself that I had fallen back off the wagon basically is what you want to say. So, yeah. You know, I know the whole, you know, doing the Weight Watchers back and forth and yo-yoing and it just, there's a point where you just get exhausted and you just don't, you feel like you're out of control and you just don't know what to do anymore. So I can totally identify with that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can as well. So you got the diagnosis. What, what happened at that point? Did they talk to you about medication or, or what happened? Yep. So part of it is we get our employee wellness labs and then we go for our yearly, you know, wellness check. And so I wasn't able to get into my primary care provider. So I went to a nurse practitioner that worked with her and I went full knowing that I was, I told her, I said, I know you're going to diagnose me as diabetic type two. I am not going to take any medication. And I said, I will not. And I'm not going to. And she's like, okay, I know. And she goes, you know what to do. And I said, I do. So uh, probably six months before this, I started following a group. I had seen it come across on my Facebook page, eat like a bear. And it was Amanda Rose. And I had watched it and I thought, Oh, this is kind of interesting. You know, talk about intermittent fasting basically is intermittent. Yeah. Fasting. I haven't heard about it. Can you explain a little bit more about it? Yeah. So it started with her name is Amanda Rose. She lives in California and basically kind of the same story. She saw a picture of herself at Yellowstone national park with her and her son. And she's like, I cannot do this anymore either. And so she started researching intermittent fasting, really looking into it. And the mentality of eat like a bear is basically healthy keto. You know, you eat your protein, green leafy vegetables. And she did what's called a ridiculously big salad. It's this, and it's OMAD one meal a day, 23, one, and then basically eating, you know, trying to eat clean keto. So, you know, your big salad is one meal a day. So you get all of your nutrients and your calories and what you basically need in that one big meal. So, and you can do whatever you could do it in, you know, morning, noon, or evening. So, so did, did you find that before your diagnosis uh -huh. or, okay. Yep. Yep. So you had already started on that maybe or no, no, I really hadn't started, um, I was watching and then I would get aggravated and I actually like, you know, you could unfollow a group, you know, like you're just, you still have it, but you're like, I don't want to see these people. I'm sick of seeing these people lose all this weight and I don't want to see it anymore. You know, it just cracked me up. So I guess I need to go back a little bit. October of 2019 is when I got my lab work, August of 2019, my family and I went on a vacation to Minnesota and I was miserable. I was miserable. It was you know, it's kind of humid there and it's very outdoors activities and my whole family's pretty active and I was not, and I just was miserable because I was back to where I was. So after that vacation in August of 2019 and my nephew was getting married and I was like, Oh boy. So we came to go dress, you know, get clothes for the wedding. And I was miserable. I just was like, Oh my gosh, I'm back to a five, six X. I, I was so disappointed in myself. So I kind of started implementing a little bit of the intermittent fasting. I would do 11 to seven, like I wouldn't eat anything until 11. And usually that was a protein drink. And then I wouldn't eat anything after seven low carb, a little bit, 
I just kind of started implementing. And I think I lost between um, August and then October was maybe 20 pounds. Okay. Because when I, yeah, when I officially started October 16th of 2019, I got my lab work on the 2nd of October and I officially started, I was like, okay, this is it. Our washing machine broke. My husband called me at work and said, Hey, I got to run up and we're going to, I need to get a washing machine. I'm like, well, you're not going to pick one out without me, you know? So the girls are like, yeah, just go. I left work. And on the way it was about a 75 mile drive. I started looking at all the eat like a bear stuff. I had downloaded the digital book and I was like, I've got to do this. This is it. Like that day, October 16th in 2019, I just started and it was like 377 is when I weighed. So I think I've probably lost about 20 pounds just from my feeling to do what I was doing there. So that was a starting point And I jumped in full force. I started, like people said, so did you start 23-1 right away? Or did you like, and I was like, yep, full force. I just did intermittent fasting, 23-1, one meal a day. And I implemented extended fasting right away too. So I would do like maybe, um, eat a meal Sunday night and then not eat one until Tuesday night. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a long time. So for your one meal, you would eat the salad just yep. like to eat like a bear. Okay. Yep. 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 Wow. The weight must've just been just falling it off. Did. That, that, well, that first year I lost, I think it was like 125 pounds is what wow. I lost in that first year. Wow. Okay. And yep. so did you, did you find it challenging at all? Or was your mindset just so you were just, you just knew what you had to do and you just did it. I, a little bit of both, like when I made that decision and like I said, I don't know what it was other than my diabetes diagnosis. And just the fact that I was miserable, I guess the first couple of weeks, it kind of, but once you start getting into autophagy and eating your own body fat, it, I wasn't hungry. It was easy. And then I had made, I had read some of, well, I read the book of Amanda's and her dad had did a 40 day spiritual fast. And I'd always thought, you know, I'm a Christian and I thought, you know, of course we read that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And I'm like, well, he's Jesus, but you know, (laughs) and so, but I thought that's really interesting. So I, I don't ever celebrate Lent per se, cause I'm, you know, I'm not of that faith. Um, of that denomination or whatever, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a spiritual fast. So October, so I had been doing it since October. So when Lent started in January or February of 2020, I decided I was going to do five day fasting all the way through Lent. So, oh, wow. So you yeah. fast for five days and then eat what yeah. five days did you fast for? Was it the I weekdays? Did Monday through Friday? I would, well, Sunday night would be my last meal. And then I would, I wouldn't eat again until, um, Saturday Sometimes I might would do um, two meals a day on those weekends. So I might would go from Sunday night to Saturday noon, or I would just do Sunday night to Saturday evening. And I did that. Yeah. So I did that all the way through Lent and I lost, I think it was 30 to 35 pounds during that time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. And And did, was it, was it hard? Like, did you feel, because I hear a lot of people talk about like low salt, like, were you taking supplements of some sort during the fast? So that was the thing is every, you know, cause everybody's like, oh, I can never do that. I get headaches. I get shape, you know, well, I just, I really, I learned about Dr. Fung. So the obesity code, the diabetic code, he's a nephrologist. You know, a lot of people probably out there know Dr. Jason Fung read his stuff, read about, I mean, it's all about electrolytes. If you can keep up on your electrolytes, fasting and autophagy really is pretty easy. And that's what I did. So I 
did a lot of research. Dr. Berg is a chiropractor that I follow him too. Potassium, magnesium. So we just started implementing all of those vitamins and minerals. I do that in the evenings all at one time. Every night I do multiple vitamins and uh, minerals. And then um, during the extended fasting, I would do some Himalayan sea salt. Um, a friend of mine who also is really big into keto and intermittent fasting, she got me a fasting um, salt, which it, I, it kind of reminds me because we're rural America, you know, cows get salt blocks out here. <laughs> so I was like, oh, thank you. But it's a salt block and I have it sitting at my desk in a jar. And if I feel like I'm getting a little maybe headache or something, I'll just take a lick of the salt and it's, I'm pretty much adapted to it now. In fact, I have to shake, I'm shaking it up a little bit right now because it's amazing what, you know, God made our bodies to do and we just adapt to what we're in, you know? Yeah. So what, what's your fasting protocol now? So I know we were going to talk a little bit about non-scale victories. So that was, they say like when you're really trying to get a lot of weight off, not to start implementing exercise right away. And that's kind of not, well, all of this isn't really normal for our brains because, you know, we're completely taught the opposite, you know, don't eat fat, don't, you know, all these different things. So fast forward to like March of 2020, I started, you know, we're in the thick of COVID basically it's just when COVID got started around our area. I thought I'm just going to start walking to work. Like it, that was really weird to me to not exercise. Cause I had pretty much always grained in my head. You need to exercise to lose weight. Even at your higher weights, you were still exercising. Yep. I okay. would do, I mean, I could, I'd be like, you know, over 300 pounds and I'm doing the elliptical for 30 to 40 minutes. I mean, it was crazy, but, and I just wasn't seeing any weight loss because of course my diet wasn't, I basically was exercising to eat is how, you know, you can maintain a while for that. But, um, so I, I didn't exercise from October, 2019 to March maybe April of 2020. And then I just started walking to work. I have a walk. I go down our hill and we have a walking trail and it was like one point, like 1.25 miles to my house one way. So I'd walk to work and then walk home. And that's what I just started doing. And then my husband was like, he's a runner. And he's like, I, he did it with me. He, he lost about 30 pounds. Um, he still does it. He does two meals a day, but, um, so he was running and running and he's like, I want to do a full marathon again. And I'm like, you know what? I think I want to do a half marathon. Wow. And so, yeah, I just started walking then. And I, on Saturdays, I'd call it my long haul walk. And I just started increasing and increasing and increasing. And, and so my non-skill victory was starting to walk. Like who would have thought I'd even walk a mile, let alone walk 13.2 miles, you know? One wow. mile, point one miles. So, so you started out, yeah. I mean, well, walking is good, nice, low impact, and you know, yes. I guess if you, it depends on the pace you're at. If you decide to push it, then it really turns yes. into regular exercise. But if you don't, maybe it's kind of a little bit more mild. So, yep. And that's what it was. I'd always, I always had a, um, I'd watch my, you know, Apple Watch is what I had, and I would be like, okay, I want to stay at this pace, and then I started walking my dog, and then it just started. I'm very a competitive person. <laughs> And so, and I compete within myself. So I, that's what I started doing. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this half marathon walking, I've got to do it in a certain amount of time, you know? And so that's what I would do. And I still did it. We just, um, so that was the thing we, in 2021, we did our first, I did my first competitive half marathon. And, Amazing. Um, 
Yep. And, and but and at that point, so you had lost 125 pounds in the first year. Or so, I mean, it was probably a little easier for you to to do that kind of length of you know a walk for you know having lost that much weight. So that's yeah, yeah, for sure. And I would do it fasting too, because that was some other thing. You know, people be like, you'd walk that far without yeah. I Sundays, um, yeah, a couple times it was on a five day fast, and I would still go out and do my long walk and. It, it truly is a miracle and amazing how your body does fuel itself with the, the fat you have within your body. Yeah, absolutely. But, so, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so therefore the weight did slow down quite a bit that next year in 2021, I think I lost like 50 pounds that year. Cause my total that I have lost is 175 pounds. And even this last well, basically six months, this last six months, I really haven't seen, I've been at a stall, so Okay. That, but that's the thing is I've really focused on getting my time for my marathon. So that had to be a little bit, you know, you have to watch like, well, I can't, you know, go the opposite way and have an eating disorder either. You know what I mean? Like, so I would basically do one meal a day. And then on the weekends, two meal a days, just to, I didn't do a lot of extended fasting for about the last six months. And now after this marathon, I'm getting back on it of doing really focusing on my fasting. So are you, do you think you're going to do more of those five day fasts with the, okay. So you're yeah, going to try to, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And in every other day fasting, cause I haven't ever done that. And I've read a lot, even through Dr. Fung's and, um, um, Ramos, I can't think of her first name, but anyways, Megan. Um, yeah. So are yeah, you thinking about doing like alternate day fasting yes. as like a new protocol for you? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then you're still doing the eat like a bear salads. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And then we implement because every like Saturday night was pizza night for our family. So I do a keto pizza for my husband and I. And so we still do you make the fat head dough or do you do a different one? Actually, we don't, I don't do, I used to do the fat head dough and my husband doesn't really like it that well. So we just, I don't do any, I just make a, a homemade pizza in a nine by 13 pan with just, I start with my pizza sauce and then go from there. So we don't oh, interesting. Crust. Yeah. Yeah. Even better. That's an even better idea. I'm going to try that sometime. Yeah. Oh, it's good. I've got my friends hooked on it too now. So yeah, but mainly <laughs> keto and my big salads, I alternate. Um, my husband, he's like, I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of salads, but he does his own thing now too. But, and that was the big thing. I have two kids and people are like, Oh, that's so hot. You know, do you have to make two meals? And I'm like, I remember reading a line in Amanda's story. And she said she had two boys and she's like, you know what? My kids are old enough. They know how to make a sandwich if they're not going to eat what we're eating. And that's what I did. I just totally focused on my health, myself, and my boys are old enough. And they, saw the new mom they were getting, you know, my, of everything, I think the mental well-being, the emotional well-being has been probably one of the highest non-scale victories for me. Yeah. And I, I think fasting really is like one of the ultimate forms of self-care. It just, you just feel so much better Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's good that you, you know, and it has other benefits of, you know, kids figuring things out for themselves. It's, you know, it's not bad. It's, it all makes sense. So, so are you speaking of just like plateaus and stuff? So I assume you're not, you look like you're at your goal weight, but you're not at your goal weight. No, no. What, what do you not. want your goal weight to be? So I am, my highest known weight was 395. And honestly, looking back, even in my younger married years, I know I had to been over 400 pounds. 
And so I look back, there's one specific picture of me singing at a wedding and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I had to have been 425 maybe, but so right now I'm at 235. I've gained like about 15 pounds and I started weightlifting. So I was doing, I started deadlifting and doing heavy weights. And as I started seeing the weight, I'm like, Ooh, I'm not where I want to be yet to start doing that per se. So I've backed off and I do lightweights now, but, um, so I, my goal weight, and I would love to be 150 pounds. I don't know why. I don't know why that's a goal for me, but so, you know, that's about 80 more pounds. Well, it's, it's actually, I heard this from a guy in a Weight Watchers meeting myself. I've done a couple rounds of Weight Watchers too. And, uh, he was saying that like, at certain points, he just lets his body sort of settle in a certain area, and then he starts trying to lose again. I think that makes sense. You've lost a lot of weight, so your body is probably just trying to catch up with what you've done thus far. So I don't think you're done yet by any stretch, and I think this strategy of maybe doing ADF makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, it, and I, I already, just like with, I've already, because right before the marathon last week, I got on the scale because I always weigh one. I weigh every Saturday morning. That is my day. I same type of clothes, everything, which technically I don't wear anything when I weigh. So I'm not, I have yeah, like, me neither. I yeah. know. I'm like, I'm like, take it all off, take my earrings off, my jewelry off, everything off. And so, but it's a hold up. Well, in Weight Watchers, you can't weigh in with no, with no right. clothes on, but it's like the Weight Watchers thing where you're just like taking every little thing off and they're like, uh, lady, it doesn't matter. I know. <laughs> Your earrings don't weigh anything. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's like, it's just an all mental. It's all mental. But so before the marathon, I had to, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to have my scale. And I'm, I'm very, I probably am OCD about it. I don't want to weigh on anybody else's scale. I always weigh on my same scale, same, you know, it stays in the same place. So I weighed before I left and I was like, oh my goodness, I had gained like five pounds just, and I don't know, I still like, I don't taper a lot when I'm training for a marathon. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, but so I was like, very, I was like, oh my gosh, after the marathon, I am hitting it hard. But so I've already, I mean, yeah, doing alternate day fasting since I started again on from Sunday night, you know, I skipped on Monday, but anyways, I'm, it's already coming off again. So, but I feel better when I do my alternate, I mean, an extended fast, my 23 one, it just is so much I can tell on my body, but so, yeah, I'm going to try to hit it hard basically until October. Cause that'll be my three-year anniversary. I, I can't um, believe you've been doing this for so long. That is something that to me really, I love about your story is just that you're, you're showing how sustainable this lifestyle can be. I'm not quite at a year yet, but it, it, I mean, I loved hearing from other people that have been doing it for a long time. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the, it, I have to say I've done it all. I mean, you know, weight watcher, diet pills, starving yourself, like not, I mean, and people say, well, what's the difference between fasting and starving? So there is a difference. There really is a difference. And I mean, you know, the drinks, the shakes, the exercise programs. I mean, I've done it all, you know, and, and, and that's where I was. I was at a point I've been to, you know, a weight loss surgery, surgical information meeting twice. Like I, that's where I was at, especially back in October of 2019. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get either bypass or a gastric sleeve. That's just where I'm at. I can't do it on my own, you know, but getting that blood work and, and just so you know, I mean, like, I don't know if you mind me telling you, cause I know, um, 
I was also diagnosed with hypothyroidism back, oh gosh, back way back. I don't even know when, probably I'm going on 10 years now. But in 19, like my A1C was seven, my total cholesterol was 228. Um, my, in 19, it was my LDL was 155, my HDL, which that was always, cause I have heart disease in my family. My dad died when I was 16 years old of a massive heart attack in 1991. Oh. My mom, that's what she unexpectedly passed from was heart disease. And when, when you're researching about heart disease and everything, everything's low fat, low fat, low fat, you know, no, no red meats, no, you know, all that stuff. And it was like, when I started doing this, it's like almost complete opposite of what you're taught and ingrained in nursing school and health class and, you know, all those things. But I'll tell you what, the labs, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, it literally is. My labs went from, and in one year, well, just to feel like I'm jumping around here, sorry, but my TSH, which is your thyroid simulating hormone, um, in that October of 19, it was 3.050, which is normal. Okay. And the higher end of normal. And that was on 125 micrograms of Synthroid or levothyroxine. So I was, sub I okay. was that's the only medication I was taking at the time was, um, is Synthroid. Um, so in exactly not even, cause that was 10, two of 2019 and on 11, 16 in one month, my thyroid went from three to hyperthyroid of 0 0.199. Wow. I mean, that is what fasting can do for people. Wow. So did I, you get off the Synthroid or? I am down to, I was at my highest was 150 mics or 125 mics, I think. And then I'm at, I'm on 25 micrograms. My, I, I, I'm pretty certain I can get off of it. And I, that's one thing that I, my doctor doesn't really want to take me off yet, but I'm only on 25. I take that one day, one time a day. And so, but just that alone, just implementing from literally October 16th to 11, 16, one month, my thyroid changed that much. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And what, so where was your A1C? Did you run another A1C? So I did not do, and we didn't, we didn't do any other A1C until my year for years. Cause that's, I kind of, you know, being a nurse and being a little stubborn, I had talked to my provider about, I don't want to do any other lab work other than my TSH uh, my thyroid hormone, because I want to get that full year. I wanted to get a full year in to see, but it actually, I went from October 19 to May of 2020 because with COVID, of course, our employee wellness, we would have employee health fairs. So all of that kind of got changed. So I went ahead and instead of doing it in October of 2020, I did it in May, 2020. So, you know, just a little over six months, I went from my A1C went from seven in October, 2019 to 5.2 in May of 2020. Oh, wow. That's great. Amazing. You know, just all based on intermittent fasting and low carb and keto. I mean, it was amazing. I was shocked. My doctors were shocked. And then my labs, my other, my, cause like my triglycerides, all that were high. My cholesterols were high. And my risk factor. So for those that may not know risk factor, they usually say that's indicative, indicative of heart disease, you know? So they take all of the triglycerides and your cholesterol, and they give you this number saying, this is probably your risk for heart disease, possibly heart attack. 
So in 19, it was a seven. October of 19, it was a seven. And um, May of 2020, it went down to a six. So I was still considered high because my good cholesterol, I couldn't move my good cholesterol. I never have. I mean, they say that really is genetic. They say that really the only thing that will really ever help your um, HDL um, is exercise. Sometimes they say you can do like riboflavins will help like, so like maybe a glass of red wine a day or something. So in 19, it was 32, May of 2020, it was still 32. And I was like, oh, that's kind of depressing. Cause that's what made my, my, all my other labs went down. My cholesterol became normal. My triglycerides were normal. And then, um, but in 2021, so then I got my lab work then a year later, again, May of 2021 is when I went back. A1C was still 5.2. My cholesterol dropped. My total cholesterol went from originally 228 to 192. And my, what really made me happy was my HDL went from 32 to 49. Wow. Incredible. You know, what's interesting about your story, and I haven't really heard this from anybody else, is you were really driving your your health, you know, you're, you're kind of consulting a doctor, but you were like, no, this is how I want to do things. And is that right? And you're like, I want to get labs at this point and I'm going to do it this way. And is that kind of how you sort of manage things? Yep. And, and I have to say, I had a provider, I had, you know, the nurse practitioner and my doctor were very supportive because they saw the proof. They saw the proof. They saw, you know, at first when you start talking, um, the nurse practitioner was on board from the get go. She was great. Like she, my um, doctor was a little bit more hesitant just, and I wasn't able to see her actually until 2021. So almost two years into it. I mean, you know, we would see each other or, you know, and um, talk, but um, you know, other people were like, oh, you know, other friends of mine, oh, my doctor said, that's horrible for you. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your body. And I'm like, for me, it works for me. It works. And that's what I tell everybody. It may not work for you. It may not be what you can do. It's, it has to be sustainable for you. It has to be something that you can implement and make it a lifestyle. I know we hear that all the time. It's not a diet for me. It is a lifestyle. And they say, how long are you going to have to do this the rest of my life? I know I will have to eat like this the rest of my life. That's just for me. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you've been, you're two years uh, over two years in now. So, you know, you've already proven that you can do it for an extended period of time. And the idea of having to do it for life, does that, that doesn't seem to intimidate you in any way? No, because I see what it's done for me. And again, I go back to my mental well-being. Um, I mean, I have at one point been clinically depressed. I mean, I knew that in that. Um, and then of course, losing my mom unexpectedly, I was a mess, you know, mentally, physically, everything. And I just, that is what I say, the mental clarity that comes with it, the emotional well-being that comes with it. And I hate to say it, I was a rager. Like I, I would get angry quick, very quick. <laughs> that was one, and my family would call it the beast would come out. <laughs> And I, I could laugh about it now. I look back and I think, oh my gosh, I was horrible, you know, but um, I, I can't say enough about what fasting has done. And I think there's something to be said when you look back and you see all of the amazing people who have, you know, Gandhi. I mean, you look at these, you know, monks, Buddhist monks, you know, like people that are spiritual as well as about their physical and mental well-being. Um, 
I mean, it's just amazing. And in the community of fasters now that I've grown to, you know, come into contact with friends I've made, you know, some of my friends thought I was completely insane and now they've jumped on it. My sister-in-law, it was about a year. I know it was over a year, about a year and a half in. And she finally decided she was going to do intermittent fasting and low carb. And she lost 50, 55 pounds is what she needed to lose doing great. She's running again. She looks phenomenal. You know, isn't that, that's so great that everybody can benefit from that. And actually I want to, um, go back to something you mentioned just about how it improved your, your mental well-being. Do you think, and you had mentioned earlier that you had maybe a food addiction or sugar addiction. Do you think that fasting has helped, has it cured you of that? Or do you still struggle with that? I still struggle with it, but not I mean, just because I do, I like candy, you know, but so I've done other things. I've really jumped on the bandwagon of like making, um, you know, low car or, you know, your monk fruit and your erythritol and making some desserts like that, or having a sugar-free, um, little bit of candy every so often, because I, I knew I would always struggle with that. And if I didn't at least allow myself to do something like that, I would, because, I'm full bore a lot of times, like it's all or nothing. I knew I would um, be like, fall off the wagon, I guess, per se. I do struggle with it. I think just like anything, my dad was an alcoholic and I know what addiction you have it for the rest of your life. It's a disease and it's a day by day process every day. Yeah. and But yes, it is. And um... fasting, I have to say, is what made me overcome wanting it every single day and binging, I guess that's, that's probably the biggest thing is binging on candy or sweets or whatever it was. Cause I could, you know, a lot of people can get a bag of candy and eat like two pieces or three pieces and put it away. And, you know, that is not me. If I had a bag of hot tamales, I'm going to eat the entire bag of hot tamales. You know, I'm just, that's unfortunately me. Yeah. I I assume though that like, especially when you're doing these five day fasts Mm -hmm. and just any fasting period, really, you're not eating. So even if you have those cravings, you're just like, well, now is not the time to give into them because I'm fasting. Yep. So, yep. Yep. And, and honestly, I, I've seen it for myself. I don't know about other people, but the longer you do fast, the cravings go away. Like they really do. Like that was, I think, I'm glad you brought that up because I think one of the biggest things is, is that when you you think, oh, I'm just going to be so like wanting that and wanting it. And it doesn't like it, your chemistry, your body, it all just flips and you don't have the cravings anymore. And I, it's just like, you know, I hate to say it with drugs or alcohol. It's like, once you do that, then you want it more and more. That's how I am with sweets or sugar. You know, once I have it, then I'm like every day I want to have it, you know, but once, when I, I don't want to say deprive myself. I want to say fasting. Cause when I do fast, it goes away. It really, really does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought that's one of the benefits for me for, from fasting is just, it has helped cut down on some of those cravings. And I just, I'm not as focused on food when I'm in my fasting period. Yes. I'm just not. Cause I know like my brain has shut that part off. Yes. Yes. Cause, and you know, from being, you know, a lifelong Weight Watchers person, you know, with Weight Watchers, I almost think that with the tracking, it makes you more obsessed with food. And then you, you like run out of points for the day and you're just like, oh, what can I do with this fat-free Greek yogurt? And you just, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it's a, it's a bad, not that there's anything wrong with Weight Watchers. In fact, Weight Watchers taught me a lot of like really healthy eating habits. But yep. the one thing I don't like about it is that tracking mindset and these zero point things where you can just 
you know, binge on mm-hmm. <laughs> oranges and bananas and, you know, whatever, whatever else you want to binge on. Mm-hmm. Whereas fasting just shuts that, shuts that down. Yep. So I was the exact same way. And in fact, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> My husband's always like, I cannot believe you still do this. So I still use the Weight Watcher app but only to do my weight. I literally paid (laughs) weight into this app because it has all my history in it. And I know that probably will sound crazy to people if they hear that, but I, um, but that's the same thing. Yeah. I would binge on my, I mean, and you look at what, how many carbs is in a banana. See, I was always that like, oh, you have to have carbs. You have to eat carbs, you know? And when I realized, and I'm in the middle of it, I'm living it. It's real life for me. And I realized that you do not have to have 50 carbs a day, 55, 120 carbs, like, you know, and, um, yeah, like a banana has 27 carbs in it. And for me, those carbs went right to fat. I was a living proof, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I definitely Weight Watchers will always be near and dear to my heart because that's where I started at 12 years old. And my mom and her friend did it for years. But again, I'm the same way. I don't track anything anymore other than my weight. I don't, I don't do macros. I, in my head, I keep track of my net carbs basically. Um, and I know now what it is. And cause I was the same way. I would get obsessed too. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I only have so many, you know, whatever points left. I only have so many calories left when I used to count calories or whatever it did. And when you're exactly right, I think exactly what you said is when you're fasting, all of that just goes away and you just, something clicks and it's like, I'm not eating today and I'm going to focus on other things. And a lot of it, I believe in prayer and meditation. And even when you don't even know you're doing it, like you just get into this mindset of, thinking on things of other people, not. Yeah. It's just, because I think, you know, um, food, at least for me, and it sounds like for you too, would take up a lot of mental energy for me. And in my fasting period, that's just turned off. And I, like you said, focus on other things, meditate, zone in on other things are more important to you. And uh, that's one of the, that's one of the most underrated, but most freeing aspects of fasting, I would say. Absolutely. It is. I mean, to think, and that's what the thing is, is like, people be like, Oh, well, you know, eating a certain eating healthy, is so expensive. And I'm like, well, if you want to hear, you know, if you're only eating one meal a day, it's not really that expensive anymore. And I, and I will pay for a very nice ribeye steak to eat, you know, I'll, I'll pay for the more, ex- the great organic vegetables and, you know, healthier things, because it really is when you put it down on pen and paper, it really isn't as expensive as the other lifestyle. And oh. it's crazy. You know, I mean, that's a whole other aspect of it is financial and, and freeing yourself from having to worry about what you're going to eat, you know, three meals a day and two snacks in between, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Cause, and I have to say, I mean, I am still a foodie. I love food. My mom was a cook. She was a diabetic manager, a dietary manager at a nursing home and hospital for her almost entire life. We've grown up with food. I mean, that was our thing, you know? And so my husband is, but it's just different now. It's like, it's a different way of thinking and lifestyle and, and what we can do different. I like to cook and bake. So I take all those same meals and make it low carb keto or, um, you know, diabetic, diabetic friendly. So. Fantastic. Um, bring it back to diabetes for just a second, if I can. Mm -hmm. So when you got the, you had the A1C of seven, did, did you leave that appointment with, did you have a glucose meter that was given to you or did you do 
So you didn't really, you didn't even check your blood sugar. And no. So you had no idea. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, cause I, I mean, I know she probably wanted to send me with all of the diabetic education and set me up with the diabetic educator and all that. But she also knew, I think by the fire in my tone and everything that was like, I'm a nurse. I know what I should be doing and I am not going down that path. I was bound and determined to reverse my diabetes. I was, and I knew, I knew it could happen if it was done the right way. Um, honestly, I learned, I have learned so much about it and especially, um, how insulin resistance, it's really all about insulin resistance. It's that is key. And then the more I read about how insulin, insulin resistance affects cardiac health, endocrine health, autoimmune health. I mean, it is amazing. And we're not taught that we're not taught that in, in any of my, I, I go back to nursing school. I mean, I started out as an LPN, went to RN and got my bachelor's. I mean, like you don't learn any of that. You just learn what you do with that disease <laughs> once you get it. Yeah. And I think the other thing that, and like you said, like all these things travel together, you have diabetes and you have all these heart issues, you have thyroid issues. Like it's just, it's all like given to you in a little package because they just all go together. And if you can fix the insulin resistance, then you can fix a lot of the other stuff at the same time. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So I didn't, I didn't check my, like being keto too. I wanted to be in ketosis obviously, but I didn't do any of that until, oh gosh, probably well into a year and a half, two years. Maybe I got me a meter to do my blood, my blood glucose and did my ketones. Um, so I I'll do that intermittently, but I did not, um, you know, I have a friend who tracks it every single day and even though she's not diabetic, but she'll still track that because she's a data person. So she likes to see the trends there. I just don't, I, um, when I'm in the thick of fasting, like, um, I'll do, I'll do it, but no, I just kept it. Cause I wanted a full, a full year of, of real, like, that's what mine was. And my providers allowed that. Now that doesn't work for some people. I mean, you have to keep on and track it and that, you know, you know yourself, I think when you um, really start to, cause you can be diagnosed with diabetes and care less, you know, you're like, oh, well, I'll just take this medication and go on with my life. But yeah. Some people that I've talked to, they, they get that and then they get the, the glucose meter or the continuous glucose monitor and they become obsessed with their blood sugars. Yes. Um, but it sounds to me like that didn't happen for you. You knew the way that you were eating was going to change things for you. Yeah. So, um, when you test your blood sugar now, is it basically pretty much always in the normal range? I assume so. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I really do. Um, it's kind of amazing. Like when you hear about the Dawn effect, um, I, it will go. It that's amazing to me. Like, I'm like, I haven't, even when I'm fasting, extended fasting, I'll be like, my blood sugar is high. Like not, and not super high, like one twenties, one thirties, maybe in that morning. Like when I will really be testing my blood glucose and my ketones, but then it always levels off. I mean, I, and I'm fine. Like people be like, oh my goodness, you're at a 50, you know, like sometimes, and, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect me at all. Like I don't get the jitteriness or any like being hypoglycemic or anything. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's truly been amazing for me. And I, yeah, I'm basically normal all the time now with my blood sugar. 
That's great. That's great. Yeah. So when we last left off on the NSVs, you were you did your first half marathon, and then I know you've gone on to do a lot more. Do you want to tell me a little bit more yeah. about what you've done in terms of like the physical physical activity? Yep. Yep. So I, like I said, I started with walking and then now I run, I walk, run. I mean, who would have thought I hated running even as a child? Like, I'm like, I don't want to run. And now I do like, that's crazy running. I, who would have ever thought Barbie would be running, but, and then, um, kayaking. I mean, I, there's so many things that I gave up to be a part of with my family because my weight hindered me. Um, you know, I might've been able to kayak, but I was not going to get in the boat being that heavy and thinking if I sink it, you know? So, um, yeah, I kayak in the summer with my husband. I'm excited for the summer cause I'm ready to go back out and do a lot more kayaking is what I want to do. Um, back in, um, 2020, I think it was not too long. I mean, gotten quite a bit of weight off. Um, we went to, um, the Rocky mountains and hiked and, when I climbed up mountains, like I never thought, you know, I would ever do that, be in that type of elevation. And cause I'd done it before heavy and, you know, we'd go skiing and I would sit at the, the cabin. I never went out, you know? Um, but yeah, so hiking and biking, that has been a huge, that was one of my goals was to be able to get back on a bike. I'm probably going to get emotional. Sorry. Um, but sorry. <laughs> It's okay. That was a huge non-scale victory for me. Yeah, I'm sure. And I, I, I can imagine that being able to do a lot of these physical activities with a lot of the weight off, it just must be just it's freeing. Freeing, it's yeah. It must it's just freeing. feel so good. I mean, it literally is 175 pounds off of you, off your shoulders. And yeah, the biking and one of my big goals, I people kind of laugh about it, but I want to I want to ride a roller coaster. So this summer I'm hoping I get to get on a roller coaster because I couldn't fit. Like, I mean, even since I was young, I remember being, I remember being, I think an eighth grader at the County fair and was refused to be able to get on a ride because I was heavy. And that's always been something like, I'm just like in my head, that was one of those, you know, light bulb moments was like, Oh my gosh. And I'm an eighth grader. And so, um, I want to get on a, Roller coaster, one of my non-scale victories. And those of you who know, know, like being able to fit into a booth at a restaurant, not having to ask for a table and chair, not being like free. I mean, it's still in there. Like when they put you in a booth, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, oh wait, I can fit in a booth now. It's not a big deal. I'm going to be flying here in July. And I'm excited about that, that I'm crossing my fingers. I don't have to ask for a seatbelt extender anymore. And, you know, it's just those little things that, like I said, when, you know, you know, that have happened for me, you know, I mean, obviously the clothes sizes I've dramatically lost, you know, um, I mean, your pictures are amazing. You have a lot of really good pictures that illustrate just how much you've lost. Do you, do you have times where you like, is the, has the mental part of your, has it caught up with the weight you've lost or do you still view yourself as being a bigger person? I, in fact, we, I was talking with my husband and family this weekend because seeing my picture, I I still see myself as a big person. Like there's times where I'm like, oh, wow, I've, I look really good. Like I'm not a big person. And then I'll see, I'll see another picture and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm that same person. And I know that there's, I mean, we could have a 
whole other podcast about that, but it is hard to get the fat person out of your head because that she's always been a part of me. Like, and, and I, I hate that because I, then I will, I'll sit back and I'll do like a face-to-face Friday. Like if I haven't done one for a really long time, and then I'll do that. And I'm like, holy cow. And just yesterday I had went to a work conference with one of my friends here back in, in July of 19, pretty much at my biggest, we were in Chicago and, you know, we were, she was looking at pictures of that yesterday of us being down there at the bean at Chicago and, and seeing how big I was. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we need to go back there and get a new, a different picture. And, and so I am a believer. I have always hated my picture taken because of my weight. So it is hard for me to take pictures, but do do that. That's something you should do measurements. I haven't measured in a long time. In fact, when I was preparing for this, I'm like, oh, I should measure I today. In fact, I was like, but I hadn't, cause that's the other thing. When you see the inches, it may not be on the scale, but when you see your inches, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like over six feet. You know, like when you put those inches. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, it can be for sure. Crazy. Yeah. Well, crazy. thanks for honesty on that point. Cause that's something that I think everybody that's lost a lot of weight deals with, you know, just trying to get, adjust their mental image of themselves to, for their new reality. Yeah. And it's hard because like you think, oh, I've lost all this weight, but you're still kind of the same shape. You don't really lose your shape per se, you know? And so, and I know with fasting has really helped with the loose skin. I have, I know I'm going to probably have to have skin removal surgery at one point. And I'm at that point, like I really, it's, it's kind of being a hindrance now. I mean, I have to say fasting has helped and I can see it. I've taken pictures. I don't show those pictures to anybody because you know, obviously I'm like, I'm never going to do that. Some people do. And I always think, thank you for doing that. Cause I, I can get, you know, it drives me too, but just not there yet. But, and I can see that the, the fasting has really dramatically decreased the loose skin, but I will have to have it. I know I will. Yeah. I mean, you've lost so much weight and you will have lost so much weight that that makes sense. But yeah, obviously the autophagy does help. It's just, it's can't do it all. So yeah. No. That's a good problem to have, right? Eventually. Yeah. 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 I just, yeah. it's frustrating because then you do, like you see like all those wasted years. That's one thing I try not to ever, I, I'll start to go down that route and you're like, nope, you started when you did, you're two and a half years in, you've got it. And, and I have to say, I, um, I just got a tattoo yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yep. I've, I got my mom's handwriting from a graduation card that she had um, given me that said, I love you very much. You did good exclamation point. And then mother. And so I, I thought, you know what? I, I really wanted to do that, but then I was like, I'm not going to do it. What if I go back to my old self? What if I go back to who I was before? And so after the marathon and I was like, I'm going to do it. So I went and got it done. And it's a reminder now that it's more than just about the weight loss. It's about living your life and being active and doing good, I guess. So amazing. It's had so many good benefits for you. Um, before we wrap, um, and you've already given quite a few really good tips and tricks and all this other stuff that that you've actually experienced along the way, but do you have anything that you might want to say to somebody who's newly diagnosed with type type two or prediabetes or something along that, those lines? Yes. Um, I just, if you can implement intermittent fasting or fasting into your life, you 
will be able to, to live with your, you know, if you're that far off into diabetic, you're going to improve it dramatically tenfold. I can't say that enough. It comes down to yes, low carb, but the fasting, I can't even begin to tell you it will change your life. It will change your diseases. It will change not just physically, but mentally and emotionally and do it. You know, you don't have to jump off like I did. I mean, I did and, and it worked for me, but if you can do some sort of extended fasting every, maybe once a month, 48 hours, 72 hours, 36 hours, whatever, if you can do that, I, I firmly believe you will be changed inside and out. I do. Yeah. Those extended fasts definitely have some benefits, uh, when you're getting started, especially and, uh, and when you, when you're going as well. So this has been so great. I just really join some group. I mean, get some support. It's all about support. If I wouldn't have had my support system, it wouldn't have been possible. And so, you know, just even that we were able to meet up through a fasting group is it's just amazing. And the messages that you'll get, people will message you and you can message other people. The support is definitely, that's one of my biggest tips too. You got to get support. Yeah. It seems like in other pockets of Facebook, there's haters and stuff, but I haven't seen any of that with fasting. <laughs> Everybody's just so nice to each other, which is great because yeah. we're all going through this stuff together and it's just, yeah. it's so helpful. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I love your story and I just love your honesty. So thank you so much. Thank you. I, it's, I'm trying not to be overly, um, obnoxious with it or, you know, and I really am because I have people that will reach out and be like, and so there was a big step for me to come out because it's a very personal thing, but yet it's kind of like when you know that you have an answer to something, you want people to know about it. And again, it's a very individual thing. And I'm just glad to have met you. I, it's awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to share my story. Cause I do want people to know it is possible. I mean, almost 400 pounds and I'm down. I can't wait to get to wonderland. That's another goal of mine to get to wonderland. <laughs> I'm sure you will. And probably not too much time. So congratulations on all your success thus far. And I can't wait to see more from you. Thank you. And you too. Continue on. I would say fast on. (laughs) Fast on. All right. Thank you so much, Barbie. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.